From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Well, thank you for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hi to all of you picking us up on one of our affiliate uh, stations along the network. The podcast, of course, TalkZone.com. Those of you who take the show with you wherever you go on uh, your mobile device through the app, the Conspiracy Show app. And, of course, those of you joining us on the live YouTube stream, I appreciate that. And uh, please take a moment and click on the uh, the subscribe button there. Again, we've set a, a goal of 10,000 subs for 2017, and you are the only ones that can help us reach that. And, of course, we are streaming live on uh, on YouTube tonight. And um, all of you who have uh, joined the live chat as well on YouTube, welcome to all of you. It's always great to have you. We recognize some names there who come by every week, and we'd like to get some more people joining in on the chat. And uh, so, however you're listening, wherever you're listening, of course, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. And speaking of company, we've got uh, the usual gang here assembled, Ian uh, Robertson on the other side of the glass, twisting the knobs and the dials and answering the phones as we gear up for our open line segment. Albert Vinzel, of course, my story producer, erstwhile remote viewer, and uh, Ryan White, uh, intern who helps us out uh, produce the uh, feature Strange Planet. And uh, now that I have you uh, all assembled here in the studio, I want, and all of you listening at home, I want you, I want you to direct your attention, direct your attention to the cigar box to my left, sitting on the desk here in studio at 70 Jefferson Avenue. I'm giving you the coordinates. This is important. These are the protocols of remote viewing. Isn't that right, Albert? Yep. Yep, you heard it from the man himself. 70 Jefferson Avenue, Liberty Village of Toronto, and I want you to allow the contents of this box to form in your mind. Don't guess. Allow the, allow the shape to form in your mind, the color, the texture. Once it begins to form in your mind, then you can step back and say, well, what is that? This is our remote viewing experiment. We're going to go around the horn here in just a second, but for all of you who want to participate at home, use the hashtag. You can tweet me. Use the hashtag TCS Remote. That's TCS as in The Conspiracy Show. TCS Remote. And whoever comes closest will set you up with some fabulous Conspiracy Show merchandise, incidentally. You can check out the online store at theconspiracyshow.com, theconspiracyshow.com, the online store. There's mugs, T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, phone cases. I don't care if you've got an iPhone 6, a 4, an Android. We've got that covered for you, theconspiracyshow.com, the online store. All right, let's go around the horn quickly before we get into our uh, open line segment. Uh, let's begin with Albert Vinzel. What's in the box, Albert? Okay, I I get yellow and the number seven, so I, I guess a banana. All right, I Could like be how way you off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Ryan. I see something very dry, like maybe a, an old starfish or a fossil. Wow, something very dry, like Albert's sense of humor, a fossil. 
uh, or a starfish. Interesting. And then uh, finally, to our rockabilly friend Ian Robertson on the other side of the glass. What's in the box, Ian? Uh, I'm seeing something green. Into the mic. I can't hear you. Uh, I'm seeing something green, maybe like a, a, a plant of some sort. Some vegetable matter from <laughs> something, Ian. Something green. All right. We will uh, do the reveal at the uh, the bottom of the hour. And again, if you'd like to participate in our remote viewing experiment, use the hashtag, send out the tweet, hashtag TCS remote. All right. Let's open up the phone lines. And uh, I see we've done that and we've got a full board of lines. Let me just give out the numbers in case uh, if someone drops off, jump on quick at 416 360 0740-416-360-0740. That's for the greater Toronto area. And then toll free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. All righty then. Let's uh, launch into our open lines. And just a reminder, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. All right, we have Hunter checking in from my own hometown, Brantford, Ontario. Hello, Hunter. Uh, good morning, Richard. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Good. I, I, won't, I won't keep you long on this, hopefully. Um, I, a couple few years back ago, um, I saw something uh, tacked onto a, a telephone pole in, in this big city here. Uh, something about, um, uh, you know, uh, a meeting type thing to talk about UFOs or whatever. And uh, I, I thought in Brantford, I mean, you know, what are they doing, setting a trap for all us crazies or what? <laughs> setting so, a trap. So I, I I never heard anything further about it or anything like that. But um, Well, that may have been the, the Alien Cosmic Expo, which took place in Brantford last summer. No, it was no? before that. It looks like a year or two before that. Well, I think they had one there the year before as well. Okay. So uh, what I want to know, if you know anything... Is uh, I did hear something uh, over the radio one night. Uh, um, somebody from I think south, southwestern uh, United States uh, alluded to whatever it was that support, purportedly happened here, and I've not heard anything about it. But it sounded like it was some kind of a big deal. Well, the Alien Cosmic Expo, and uh, I participated in last year. I, I moderated a panel. And they have, um, yeah, they have a lot of great speakers. Uh, uh, the Honorable Paul Hellyer spoke last year. Uh, Richard Dolan, uh, Stanton Friedman was there. I mean, it was a veritable who's who of ufology um, at the. Um, I'm trying to think of the hotel there, just off of Wayne Gretzky Parkway, it used to be the uh, the Best Western, and uh, they held it there a few years. And uh, they're moving it uh, to Toronto this year, I think, out near the airport. But the Alien Cosmic Expo. Has uh, has been running in Brantford for I'm I don't know maybe three or four years now. So so um, do you know what it is that occurred here in the last little while that's getting everybody jumping up and down about what happened in Brantford? Because I I never heard anything about it. Are you talking Are you talking about a specific a sighting of a UFO? Yeah, oh, like a that. sighting. Oh. Um, no, no. Okay. And I've been home to Brantford recently, and uh, I didn't, I didn't see anything in the good old Brantford Expositor or the explosion, as we used to call it. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, I only knew one hunter my entire life in Brantford, and uh, he went to Woodman Drive Public School. You wouldn't be the same hunter, would you? No. You didn't uh, go there. All right. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for your time, Richard. If, my pleasure. Uh, if you do uh, unearth anything about it, could you? Just mention it over the air sometime or whatever? Certainly I will, and I hope you'll call again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right. 
Uh, brainwashed uh, is the comment uh, that Razia wants to speak about here in Toronto. Hey, Razia, welcome. Hey. Yeah, I love your show. I listen to it every Sunday. Thank you. But you, I was thinking one day uh, about uh, about Judaism. I have a very good friend for 40 years. She's Hold on, let me, can I ask you to do something I for me? Razia, 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 can I ask you to do yeah. something for me? You need to turn your radio off because oh, okay. we're getting a, an echo here, okay? Okay. There we go. That's better. All right, you have a friend. Yeah. So... I was thinking, like, uh, wondering why David was the king and not Solomon. Because Solomon was noted for his justice. Whereas David, like, committed, uh, broke the first commandment and also uh, another he, commandment. Oh, yes. Like, he, thou shall not kill yeah. and thou shall not cover your neighbor's wives or chapel, you know. And you said word for word what I had been thinking and you had a guest with you who said that uh, oh yeah somebody can um, brainwash you and I've been told in the only communication I get this started two years ago when I bought a stereo for the first time and started listening to music and uh, many times uh, somebody has told me You've been hypnotized. You've been brainwashed. And I kept thinking, what are they talking about here? It can't be me. But you said word for word that day what I was thinking. And then uh, Miss Guiley came one day, I think last time, not before that. She came on the show, and I have a picture of the Sai Baba. And she said that Sai Baba, she said, Sai Baba is one of those people who are, like, sacred, you know. And I'm, like, you've been giving me hints as to what's going on in my life. It's so bizarre that it will take a lot of time to tell you. But <laughs> well, then, it sounds like we're uh, sounds like said, we're on the same wavelength, no, Riza. Listen, yes. you also got a guest that said that he had a computer chip inserted into his body and he never knew it for five years that he was being programmed and i have a lump on my wrist not just above my wrist on my palm on the other side where the wrist not the wrist side the other side on the palm on the opposite side a big lump all right. Well, and you I might want to get. First, I thought I must have banged my hand on something. Well, you may want to get that checked out, Razia. I gotta, I gotta fly here because we're heading into a break. Get that X-ray. Find out what's going on there. Even if it's not a chip, could be something you might want to have taken care of. Uh, nevertheless, thank you for checking in, Razia, and I hope you'll call again. Back with more of your calls, questions, comments. Ask me anything here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth will set you free, but first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Welcome back. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, our paranormal news investigator, researcher, joins us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, let's check in with uh, Earl in Oakville. Earl, good evening, good morning. Hi there. Uh, I wonder what the spider and the snake think of all this, you know what I mean? <laughs> the spiders and the snakes. The spider and the snake. 
the serpent and the god. Ah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, well, you fill me in. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, uh, well, many years ago when I was at college, mm -hmm. I left my coffee on the table, and I went to the washroom, and I came back, and I drank my coffee, and I could not breathe. I stopped breathing, and I felt the spider inside me crawling, and I started breathing a few seconds later. So I said to myself, this has got to be a bloody miracle, for crying out loud. And so, uh, but that's a long story. Um, I don't want to bore you anymore with that, but I want to get to the fake news. Many years ago, I was watching the news, and the guy on the television said, the anchorman said, you know, this is a show we're putting on. It's to entertain you. And I was wondering what he was talking about. So um, I was at Union Station one day, and there was a strike going on. And what they did was they organized all the people that were on strike in a line, and they filmed it. They actually were directing it. So I was saying to myself, holy smokes, they're setting this up. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yes, it's all yeah. a show. Yes, well, it's, news, it's, it's called, a it's, it's, a new, it's, it's news entertainment, right. You know what sure. I mean? Okay, Rich, it's been nice talking to you, pal. You take care of yourself, okay? Thank you, Earl. Appreciate okay, that. All right, uh, let's check in with our media scientist friend, Nelson Fall, here in Toronto. Nelson, good evening. How are you doing tonight, tonight, Richard? I am just top drawer, thank you. That's good. The last time we spoke, we said we'd take a look at a synopsis of a figure ground relationship with um, the art of the deal and all that that represents as figure. What do you mean and by what? what it, hang on, Nelson. What do you mean by uh, what it represents as figure? You have to explain that. What that means? Well, the figure ground art of the deal is figure seven year peace pact. The biblical prophecy of the seven year peace pact as the hidden ground. Okay. So the the, the events that we're watching, you can see, are falling into line with the mini prophecy and big prophecy. Uh. Meaning that uh, a peace with Russia, then perhaps peace with uh, peace in the Middle East, well, we which which ushers in the seven-year peace, ushers in the tribulation. So you're talking about biblical prophecy here. Exactly, exactly, and it's 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 growing. It, it, you can't ignore it. I mean, Netanyahu was on the other day, and in the last two months, he's made it clear that he's in negotiations with. Uh, other Arab states to recognize Israel and its right to exist, which is part of a peace pact. And in return, um, the Israelis are going to recognize a Palestinian state. Then uh, Jerusalem's given over into the hands of the international city folks, which is the Vatican, which they got in Oslo anyway. It's mentioned in Oslo. And in return, the Temple Mount and is a part of the Temple Mount is given for the Temple for the Jews to rebuild. Right. But you mentioned the art of the deal, uh, President Trump's well, book. So I, are you suggesting that he's That's going to facilitate these trade got, deals? We've got a, yeah, we've got or the, these one peace of the deals? biggest deals looming on the horizon of all time, a seven-year peace pact between the Jews and the Arabs, and up pops a man who's an expert on making deals. So you know, are you suggesting, uh, Nelson, then, that Donald Trump is the Antichrist? No, he's not the Antichrist. He'd be an agent of Gabriel the Angel. He's a, he's a, he's a judge like Samson. His power is in his hair. Right. <laughs> yes, but but isn't the Antichrist the one he's that's supposed... He's a judge. He's not the Antichrist. Okay. He's a, but, judge. Well, he's a catalyst to put the...
peace pact deal together, which it seems he's doing. Okay, but I thought, and you, you're a, a very wise and sage student of the Bible, and I learn a lot from you about uh, the, the Bible, but I thought that the Antichrist is the one who is going to cobble together this false peace deal. Let's keep one thing in mind. The Bible makes it very clear that there have been many Antichrists. So there's lots of little Antichrists, and there's a capital A, last Antichrist at the end time. So if you want to find out about the big A, there's a lot of little A's, and they're all out there. Antiochus Epiphanes is one who goes in. Uh, he was an Antichrist. All right. But so the, the, we've but, had many small antichrists, as the Bible says, using small a. Right. There's a last one antichrist, but it certainly isn't Donald Trump. No, I didn't. No, I didn't think I would hear that. Trump. I didn't no, think I would hear that from your the quarters. Last Trump is a judge. Power right. of Samson, like Samson, it powers in his hair. He's a judge who judges. So we've got really in the White House a guy. We've already got a guy. He's in the White House, and he's also in the Supreme Court. He's got judgment powers. All right. So, yeah, you and I will um, will put that show together and we'll do it. Yeah, it's interesting because the mini-prophecy is there and starting to be obvious to just the, the Internet surfer who looks into these stories and looks for the dots. They're well, there. my feeling is uh, that uh, Trump is going to run into uh, – we've already seen the opposition he's running into by trying to um, – bring about sort of a, a, a detente. I know we're not officially in a Cold War, but uh, to smooth things over with Russia, we saw what happened to uh, uh, to Eisenhower and Kennedy and Nixon when they tried to do the same thing. Uh, the war party, this deep state, does not want the United States to make peace with Russia. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of concerned uh, well, about what may happen. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be worried. The end is not yet. So we're, you're going to have the wars and the rumors of wars and terrorism, um, as it says in the book of Deuteronomy. If you don't live according to the natural, the, the divine laws, you're going to suffer penalties and cursing and things, which is what we're under. It's called Jacob's trouble. What do you make of the uh, the comparisons of Trump and uh, and uh, Cyrus, King Cyrus, from the book of Daniel? Yeah, that, that that's that's out there as a, as as a thought, but um, biblical scholars uh, see him more as a reflection of. Um, I won't go into details now, but one of the kings of Israel, one of the kings of the house of Israel. So he uh, he there's a number of different kings, Joash and some others who um, wasn't Joash, but. Uh, off the top of my head, I can I don't have it in front of me, but it's one of the first kings he's been compared to, which is more likely rather than Cyrus, who was not uh, he was a, a quote a Gentile, so to speak. He was uh, um, not of the house of Israel. No, he wasn't. But he did he did help build a wall around Jerusalem, and uh, rumor has it he got someone else to pay for it. I'm not sure if that's true or not. But Nelson, always a pleasure. Terrific, Richard, and once again, keep up the great work. This is a great time to be doing radio and um, to be in, in the ability to, uh, to, to, uh, to pat yourself on the back for having lots of time long ago, stuck your neck out, and, uh, and said, hey, there's some fake news out there, and they're, they're, they're very prime-time people. And you were right. We were right. So it's important to not forget. All right, there you go. Nelson Thal, you too, likewise.
Uh, let's see. Connor is checking in from Louisiana. Hey, Connor. Welcome. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. How are you picking us up tonight? Oh, this is great. I can hear you very well. Also, please excuse my southern drawl. It's a lot better. It's a lot worse on the phone. Excuse it. I love it. You Come like on. It. No well, apologies like needed. A lot. <laughs> now, but how are you hearing the program? Are you listening to us? How are you I picking us up? I just found you on a whim about an hour ago. I was on Reddit and I was looking for really good conspiracy podcasts because I've always been drawn to conspiracy podcasts. So you're str- are you streaming us online or are you listening to the, through the app or how uh, are you? Do- yes, I was listening to YouTube. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, you're on the uh, the YouTube stream. Great. All right. I hope you'll subscribe before you leave. Now I already did. <laughs> terrific. Great to have you aboard, Connor. What's on your mind? Okay. Well, so my question was, what propaganda do you think we're being influenced by? It's maybe not necessarily as blatant as the ones we already know, like CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News. You're looking for other programs that are that what, what, are what, what, what things are propagating guess, fake news. Yes, I guess. I guess my question is like, what things are we being influenced by to shift public opinion? That's not just as clear as watching the news. Right. Like, well, it's so pervasive. Uh, it starts. It's, it clearly starts in the schools. Right. Um, and I, I guess if we wanted to really define what we're talking about here in, in very stark black and white terms, to me, anyway, Connor, it comes down to two forces, two opposite forces. On the one hand, you have globalism and the globalists who hate the nation state. Okay. Uh, and this is, at least on the ground, it is informed by a, 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 a several groups that on the surface seem to be uh, diametrically opposed, but they are convenient allies for the moment because their main objective is to destroy the nation state. And okay. so you have this, this kind of a strange alliance, um, groups on the left, even some on the far right. Um, but it's, but it, 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 um, it is being this, this mindset of, of globalism is good is is embraced by uh, cultural marxists and this is being uh this is being inculcated or uh, young people in the schools at a very early age uh where they'll for example now listen uh, cards on the table full disclosure i am not a big fan of international type organizations like the united nations i think we should have a, a seat at the table but i'm not a big fan mm-hmm. so they'll 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 have things like celebrating uh united nations day and they celebrate international type organizations uh, over and above, for example, uh, celebrating their own nation's achievements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so globalism in all its you know, um, well, ramifications over the, the nation state. And, and uh, that to me is the great divide. Well, Which side are you on? I'm on the side of the nation state because I, I think it's, it's best suited to provide for our needs and our happiness. Yeah, that it's was not going perfect. into my next question. Like, because for many years, I mean, I'm only 19 right now, but uh, even as young as like 14, I was listening to Alex Jones. And something that I've never heard, I've always heard this word globalism tossed around, and I've always had a negative connotation with it. Now, definitely I'm not coming out in support of it, but one thing I've never heard necessarily addressed is why globalism would be a bad thing. And if you could explain that to me, 
That'd be awesome because I've never I've never heard that addressed specifically. Why would right. it be bad? Well, there there are some aspects of of globalism which you know are are not horrendous. The idea, that from a strictly economic point, that capital hates barriers, capital hates boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, and so globalists want uh, to bring down trade barriers, which isn't always a bad thing. Um, so that aspect of it is okay. But if you push it to it, it's extreme, uh, where you totally erode uh, borders, and and uh, you have. Um, Areas where, you know, regulations are, are sort of homogeneous from, from one area to the next. You erode the sovereignty. So, for example, here in Canada, we have a parliament. But our parliament can be overruled, uh, by the, by GATT, the General Agreement on Trades and Tariffs. Uh, so our parliament loses sovereignty. Even our Supreme Court could be overruled by this tribunal that adjudicates over general agreements on trades and tariffs. This is a, this is a globalist body that wants free trade the world over. And, um, I mean, there are many examples where, uh, countries, I mean, we have a flag, we have a parliament, we have all the trappings of a nation state, but we really aren't a nation state. Look at, uh, countries in the European Union. They don't even control their own monetary policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are being dictated to by unelected bureaucrats in Brussels. And the European Union is kind of a prime example of, uh, sort of a globalist scheme. Uh, if you think your, your, your government is in, in Washington DC or the state capital in Louisiana is distant and unresponsive, think how much more unresponsive it would be to your needs if we had a, a one world government situated in The Hague, uh, or in Zurich. Um, I've heard that, I've heard that issue with it, essentially that the further away the seat of power is, that the less likely your needs are to be met. So, essentially, too, the point that you're making is that globalism, too, would is would make the rich richer as well, because of, like free trade. Uh, it certainly benefits certain corporations uh, that have no allegiance to a nation state. I think a corporation uh, should be uh, should be loyal to a nation state and to the workers that it employs in a particular uh, jurisdiction. Uh, so, certain corporations love. The idea of globalization. They don't want boundaries to uh, to either labor or capital. Uh, listen, I hope you'll call again, Connor. Thank you and welcome to the program. Thank you. All right. For those of you we didn't get to, my apologies. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is next with our Paranormal News Roundup, and we'll do the big reveal on what's in the box. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. All right, uh, just ahead of Rosemary Ellen Guiley, very quickly, we're going to do the uh, the reveal on our What's in the Box segment, our remote, remote viewing experiment. And uh, let's see, uh, Ian, you said vegetable matter, something green, and uh, Albert said that it's uh, ban- a banana, and Ryan said it's something dry uh, like a fossil or a starfish. Uh, nobody close on that count. And let's see, what do we have here? The live chat. Darth Bader said the box contains something made of milk. Uh, Quibbit Nano says weed. Uh, Todd Chadwick is guessing lip gloss. Uh, Blah Blah Tuesday <laughs> says it's a cigar. And uh, Gord Oland uh, said a, a tan belt. 
Uh, and then Quibbit Nano, who seems to have one thing on the mind, uh, now says it's a hemp belt. Uh, and uh, let me see. I don't know if I can get into my Twitter here in a hurry. Let me see. Oh, dag nabbit. Okay. Uh, let's see. What do we have on Twitter? And you can use the hashtag at, uh, or, or sorry, hashtag TCS remote. Uh, Ross says something to do with the cold, a snow globe. And uh, let's see. What else do we have? A granola bar, says Aaron. And, hmm. That's it. Um, something pet related. Pet related. I don't know what that means. Something to do with a pet. Could be anything. Well, uh, we really didn't have anyone that was close. I don't think. Uh, here's what we have. It's a Maple, Toronto Maple Leaf alarm clock. I don't know. What do you think? Is snow globe? Snow globe is not really close, is it? No. No. You had sort of the general shape, I suppose. But, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf clock. All right. Thank you for playing. We'll try again next week. All right. Let's get into it with uh, our dear, dear friend, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. She joins us uh, once a month as we go through uh, some paranormal news. She's a leading expert in the metaphysical paranormal fields with more than 60 books published on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, mystical topics, including nine single volume encyclopedias and reference works. Her current work focuses on interdimensional entity contact experiences, problem-haunting spirit and entity attachments. Her website is visionaryliving.com. Rosemary Ellen Guiley, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Richard. Well, I'm uh, trying to stay warm here. We're having an incredible cold snap, and uh, I think I came back from Arizona too soon. Yeah, likewise. uh, I'm hoping that this is the death rattle of winter, its last gasp. It better be, but it's giving me some good time to stay indoors and get a lot of writing done. I'm working on some paranormal travel stories. Ah, all right. Well, we'll look forward to uh, to, to seeing those published. Uh, so much going on uh, in the paranormal vein. This one, this story caught my eye recently. I remember a couple of years ago there was an airport in China that was shut down after uh, multiple UFO sightings. They literally shut the airport down. Now the same thing has happened. Uh, in Peru last week, a dozen UFOs suspended flights at the Jorge Chavez Airport. What do you know? What do you hear? Uh, not much beyond that, but it's a credible sighting and a credible story, and it's something that we see happen from time to time in airports all around the world. And we've had uh, a number of sightings like that here in America. There was a, a big one in 206 over Chicago uh, involving a single craft. We've had uh, craft sighted it recently within the past year in the Phoenix airport. Uh, and uh, it, it doesn't surprise me that uh, if we have alien intelligences who are interested in examining people and especially our technology, it would make sense that um, they would drop in on our airports. So um, we haven't had much follow-up on this Peru story uh, other than the characteristics of it are similar to sightings that have occurred at other airports. And, of course, officially, there's never any explanation. Here in America, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration, tends to deny these sorts of things. Um, There's usually some uh, natural explanation put forward as how this was a mistaken identity sort of thing. But it happens too often uh, to be attributed to that. Well, you're right. You mentioned Chicago, the O'Hare UFO incident. And I, I spoke to the reporter at the Chicago Trib who covered that story. The most 
clicked story on uh, their online version of the newspaper in the history of the newspaper. Uh, but no photographs, some eyewitness testimony, but it was very hush-hush with the United Airlines pilot or uh, uh, staff. But here in Peru, we've got we've got photographs, we've got a radar um, radar. Of, this is a flotilla. This is a dozen craft, and there they are, hovering above the airport, and it shuts it down. We'll uh, come back. Much to discuss still with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, part of our Paranormal News Roundup. Stay with us. Curiosity. Or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is with us, our paranormal investigator, researcher, great friend of the program, and it's that time of the month for our Paranormal News Roundup. Uh, we're going to dial back to uh, 1973, and uh, I was a, a big Jackie Gleason fan. I, I remember the Honeymooners, uh, which were, of course, in reruns. The, the program aired, obviously, well before my time, but it, it lives forever in reruns. One of the classic characters, Ralph Cramden. Uh, many of uh, listeners will remember, of course, Jackie Gleason from the Smokey and the Bandits movie, and he became you know, famous to an entirely new generation. But many people not, may not be familiar with this story, Rosemary, and this goes back to 1973. Jackie Gleason and his golfing buddy, then-President Richard Nixon, supposedly, according to... Um, Gleason's, I think it was his second wife, um, Miss McKittrick, um, Beverly uh, McKittrick, claims that Gleason and Nixon one night traipsed off to the Homestead Air Force Base in Florida, because Gleason lived in Florida, uh, to visit uh, on the base and see some dead alien bodies. And, of course, this has sort of perplexed ufologists for years. Is it true? Is it not? I don't know if we're ever going to get to the bottom of this one, but what do you make of this story? Did Jackie Gleason see alien bodies? I'm very suspicious of this story, and it keeps going around in ufology with people coming down on it on both sides. He did or he didn't. But there's just too many suspicious things about it, Richard. Um, For one thing, um, the idea that a president of the United States is going to sneak off um, with a friend and go to an Air Force base to look at alien bodies without Secret Service or anybody knowing is just too far out of the question. And even though uh, people who believe in this story uh, jump to say that, well, it was known uh, that um, Nixon made uh, comments about he would like to get away from his Secret Service and um, one of the uh, Secret Service men who was working at the time uh, published something later that um, uh, they were warned that Nixon might try to do that. But we don't have anything on record that he ever got away from his constant Secret Service guard. And if he had, um, that would have been a huge story, even huger than aliens, uh, a president to be out of protection from the Secret Service. And if he did do it and it got covered up, that's a cover-up worthy of Watergate itself. So I'm, I'm suspicious just uh, on that alone. Um, but it makes for a great story. You know, they say. go golfing, uh, then uh, this impromptu drive uh, down to Homestead to look at these aliens, and some description of the aliens. I mean, Gleason told his second wife, Beverly, um, that uh, they were kind of decomposed and kind of withered up, and they were small and gray. They had big heads, sort of sounds like the the grays we're familiar with from the media. Um, Now, he was fascinated by 
uh, UFOs and space travel and alien visitations. So, um, you know, people aren't surprised about that, that Gleason would want, want to see some proof of, of alien bodies, but I don't think he did. I, I think it's um, maybe he uh, told it as a joke on his wife. Um, maybe he never intended for it to get circulated around like uh, like it has been, but it's a story that just won't die. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that um, we ever heard this story from any other source other than Gleason's second wife, Beverly McKittrick. And so, as you say, uh, she's not lying, necessarily. He She's repeating the story exactly as Gleason probably told her the problem is, or not the problem, but odds are he was telling it as a joke, I guess. That That's my conclusion, and um, mainly just because the circumstances are just too outrageous uh, to have taken place. Right. For a private citizen uh, to, have, uh, to have access that way, uh, you're right. It does stretch uh, credulity, to say the least. Uh, interesting story in the Daily Mirror in uh, London, England, and uh, this, this is actually caught on video. If people go, well, well I'll get Albert to post this to the uh, the carousel up at uh, uh, strangeplanet.ca and the the radio page. We have a um, uh, a police a police officer running in terror from a, ha- a house after a poltergeist supposedly threw a 15 centimeter knife at them narrowly. Missing an officer, and I'm just looking. I don't see a dateline on this, but I think it was in South America, wasn't it? It was in Chile, and uh, I did look at the video. Um, I didn't see police running in terror, but uh, there were certainly a lot of them going in and out of this house, and it looked like lights were going on and off, which would be another poltergeist effect. And it's it's a plausible story. Uh, in fact, in the literature of poltergeist cases, extreme poltergeist cases where things are thrown, and especially dangerous objects like nails and broken glass and knives and things like that, those kinds of cases are on record. And most of them, oddly, come out of South America. And uh, some of them have never really been debunked uh, in terms of uh, hoaxing. So it's a, uh, based on the, the literature and um, what we know about poltergeist cases, this story possibly has some credibility. What's lacking from the news report is the background. Now, the family said they were terrified. They, they weren't in the house. They left the house. They didn't want to go back. They thought somebody should come and exercise it. But we don't have the backstory. Uh, does the family involve uh, a teenager, for example? Because a lot of times uh, these cases do center around um, uh, teenagers. Uh, were they involved in any kind of occult activity? Uh, was this something that they had experienced before, like a spirit that might be attached to someone in the family? And uh, so I'd like to know more about the background of this case because um, the, um, the description of, of uh, things being thrown through the air, very believable. Yes, and then to have uh, police officials on site and sort of corroborating this gives it even more... Uh, authenticity. It reminds me of now. You're in Connecticut. It reminds me of the um, the Bridgeport poltergeist on Lindley Street, where p- many police officers showed up and and corroborated. They saw things flying all over the place. Yes, and we've had uh, parapsychologists and and uh, scientists even investigate some of these 
uh, poltergeist cases and witness uh, those sorts of things as well. So um, uh, the, these are real cases, and this might uh, be added to the literature. Have you been to the uh, the, the, the house in Bridgeport? It's, it's, it's uh, sort of heralded as the world's most haunted house. I have not, um, and uh, I have read about it. Um, a new book came out just a couple of years ago on that house and documented an incredible history of, of activity. Uh, and um, it's a place that I don't know if it's off limits now to investigations or not. All right. Uh, from uh, the uh, poltergeist throwing knives, uh, again we go to the uh, the Daily Mirror. It's such a it's a treasure trove of these uh, sorts of stories. They cover them so well over there in in Great Britain. And uh, this is a story of a a 23 year old filmed laughing maniacally, writhing, and even trying to bite. Uh, an exorcist, it appears they have caught on videotape, uh, well, it's it's an alleged demonic possession. This young man is hissing like a wild animal, baring his teeth as an exorcist attempts to rid him of his demons. What do you make of this video? It's definitely plausible, and I did watch the video. The young man uh, does act like people who are under the influence of something. Uh, he does not appear to be acting. And um, Individuals who are possessed, uh, they do exactly what he does, writhe, make odd sounds, hiss, moan, their eyes roll, um, their faces get contorted. People have to hold them down because uh, they become very agitated and even exhibit supernormal strength. And the story behind him uh, is that um, he became very, very depressed um, after the death of his father. And... Uh, Sometimes when individuals go into states of deep depression, depending on what else is going on in their lives, they can become vulnerable to spirit influence. A full-blown possession is a rather unusual outcome of that, but um, it's technically possible. Now, uh, a lot of people have criticized this story and, and the video saying, oh, he's acting, but um, I think they're comparing this to what they see in Hollywood, which is never what you get in real life. Uh, real life possessions are never as dramatic as uh, something like The Exorcist or the um, Exorcist, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose, you know, films like that. So um, uh, at the end of this exorcism, the young man appears very shaken uh, but uh, calmed. And uh, depending upon his situation, that might be it, or he might need further treatment. Well, it's interesting. This story is also from Chile. So we had uh, the poltergeist incident in Chile, this one in Chile, and then we had the UFO, the flotilla shutting down the airport at Jorge Chavez Airport in Peru. So South Amer- down you there. need to get down there and find out what is going on, Rosemary. <laughs> I'm all for it. It's probably warmer down there than it is here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no doubt. Um, this is a, these stories fascinate me. I love stories about uh, ghost ships and now ghost planes. There's a uh, um, a plane that some people have claimed to have seen appear as a ghostly apparition, and it looks like sort of a vintage World War uh, II plane, uh, uh, like a, a, a twin prop kind of a transport carrier or a bomber. It's uh, similar to what they call a Douglas Dakota. Uh, this ghost plane, what can you tell me about it? This is in Derbyshire, and uh, the area around Derbyshire has had a number of plane crashes uh, over the decades, and people have blamed it on magnetic anomalies. They 
say that it's an area like the Bermuda Triangle. But nonetheless, uh, this is a kind of residual haunting because uh, there was a plane uh, that crashed there and um, about uh, 70 years ago. And this is in keeping with other residual World War II airplane activity that's reported around England at some of the old RAF abandoned uh, airfields where uh, there are still sounds of airplanes taking off and landing and um, apparitions of people and sounds of people um, who were working in the in the facilities. And this is a ghost plane that, that uh, people have seen on a number of occasions over a period of years flying very low and erratically uh, and silently, and they anticipate a crash in a field, and mm-hmm. none comes. The plane just kind of disappears. And that's exactly what happened to uh, uh, the airplane that did crash. It, it uh, crashed into a field that um, where people think the ghost plane crashes today. So it's a great story, and it has plenty of company in the U.K. with other kinds of World War II-era uh, ghost planes and airfields. That's uh, maybe that's uh, could be the subject of your next book. You get a, a hightail over there and uh, uh, put something on paper about these ghost planes because it's it's a fascinating area. Rosemary, we are out of time. Always a pleasure. And let me remind listeners: the website visionaryliving.com. Go to her bookstore and, like I said, like sixty plus titles. It's incredible. Always a pleasure, Rosemary. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. Good night. Good night. My thanks to uh, Ian and Albert and Ryan and all of you listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. Hope you'll be along for that. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you speak in the, what you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.